two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast, part of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm excited that you're joining me today. I am, I have a special guest with me. And so, you know, a little bit of background on me. I know a lot of you feel like you have seen me a lot, but maybe you don't know a whole lot about me personally. And I'm sort of one of those people that talks to anyone, no matter where I am. And people can find that somewhat annoying or just odd. One day, you probably hear us talk about Sarah a lot because Sarah helps out with the podcast and she's looking at me right now. I can see like, what are you about to say? And I am going to tell a story about sort of, I mean, not really about her. So one day we were going through McDonald's and I know you all know that there's all this alien talk going on, right? So everybody is trying to figure out what's going on. Do we have aliens? Are there not aliens? So the guy at McDonald's has these alien tattoos up and down his arms. And I'm like, this guy is clearly like really into the aliens, right? So I was like, what do you think? Are the aliens real? And he looked at me like, obviously, yes. And he said, yeah, for sure. And I was like, okay, so you're totally all in on this? And he was like, yes, I am totally all in on this. And then I paid and we drove away. And Sarah was like, did you know him? And I said, no. She's like, why would you ask him about the aliens? I said, because he had these tattoos. And I think she thought, you're insane. Why would you just randomly talk to people? But that's a little bit of what you get when you are out with me, out and about with me. So last week, Sarah and I were in New York and we went to lunch with someone who was very important. We we're sitting there talking. And I love the fact that as we were talking, we're talking about politics and everything that, you know, normal normally we end up talking, normal people don't talk about, but we end up talking about. And the gentleman who is taking care of us, our server, chimes in to our conversation. And he's like talking about, this is going to be a pretty crazy presidential year, isn't it? Which I love that he struck up this conversation with us, started talking to him, 
Turns out he's this super interesting guy. And he's sort of one of those people that probably the folks that listen to this podcast are very curious about because we like to call him an independent. <laughs> and, you know, an independent is someone that people are all wanting to find, right? Everybody in the political world is like, what do the independents think? Because we on the right know we're going to get the people on the right, on the left, you know, you're going to get the people on the left. But the independent is like this magical unicorn. How do you talk to the independent? And he was so cool that he was willing to sit and chat with us. And I said, man, I'd really like to have you on the podcast because I feel like this is an opportunity to pick your brain, someone who is kind of unexpected. And he actually agreed to come on the podcast. So I'm excited that James Hawley is here with me today. I want to talk a little bit about you so that our audience can get to know you and learn what this magical independent is like. But James, thank you for agreeing to do this. Oh, it is my absolute pleasure. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation. Sometimes when you jump into someone's conversation, you don't know how it's going to land, but I'm really excited that it landed well and it uh, allows us to further the conversation over here. You started talking about your politics and you started talking about your faith, which I found very interesting because for those of you listening, he, James is an independent. He is a Christian. He is a pastor and he is a black man who lives in New York. And so when you approached us and you said, you know, I, I sometimes vote with Democrats. I sometimes vote with Republicans. I was like, wow, this is very interesting because you are that man who a lot of people go, oh, well, what it what can even be done in New York? There's, you know, everybody's set in their ways. In fact, just this morning I was talking to somebody and they said, Why would you even talk to somebody from New York? They're set in their ways. But you've recently found that people are willing to engage in more conversation. I find that fascinating. Tell me about that. Well, um, I have to say the scariest time. I want to talk about the scariest time of being in New York in my entire life. For anyone who's aware of gangs, there are bloods and then there are crips that are out there and they wear red and blue and in the restaurant where we are in it was the scariest time of my life uh, where people were wearing nothing but red and nothing but blue mm -hmm. and i really felt like my life was in danger and it wasn't bloods or crips it was democrats and republicans um, so scary in during the election uh, where trump took office uh the tension in the air was so thick it was so real, but I was watching and that allowed me to further my understanding of what politics is all about. And politics, it could be extremely challenging and rough and sometimes even dangerous. But I realized it's a space that I need to be more aware of. And it's also a space that I need to have more dialogue with. You said something to me, and I think that it was it's one of those things where if you hear it often enough, you feel like you need to, to talk about it or address it. And just um, the week before I was at a girl, the week before I met you, I was at a girlfriend's house and she said, you know what I hate about Republicans is you think you own me because I'm a Christian. And it was really one of those moments where I was like, ouch, that is true to a certain extent. Yeah, we think that the, cons the Christians are conservatives and therefore they are Republicans. And she was like, I, that's not how I feel. I vote for the person. I don't vote for the party. And I don't see myself in either of the parties. And when we were talking, you said, you know, I was really offended when Joe Biden came out and made that comment about not being black if you don't vote for me. And I think oftentimes our identity is 
people feel like they own our identity for some reason. You know, I've had times when I've felt like there are people who feel they own me because of my my gender. You can feel like you're owned because of your skin color. You can feel like you're owned because of your faith. And yet, are we really winning people over? So tell me a little bit about what that was like for you going, man, I really need to step into the world and learn about politics. Well, I'm torn as well. The same way that you describe being torn uh, or your, your friend saying that as a Republican, you automatically believe that the Christian vote belongs to you. As a Black person, that often ends up being the time as well. Um, the same thing as well, I should say, is that people believe that just because you're Black that you are going to vote Democrat. And that's not necessarily the case. And then there's the other side that if you're a Christian, that you're definitely going to vote Republican. And that's not necessarily the case as, all, um, as well. What I've noticed is that a lot of times Democrats, they just make something up that doesn't exist. But then Republicans, what I've noticed is that they like to hide the truth or to to skip over it as if it was not necessarily a problem. So get into that a little bit. What do you, I mean, if you don't mind, what do you mean by that? Because I think that's something that when you're trying to talk to folks about it, they're like, no, that's, that's not happening. But you've experienced that. You've lived that. And I think this is something that people on the conservative side need to hear. Yeah. In regards to conservatives, in regards to moral values, that's where I'm going to lean strongly on the conservative side. I am anti-abortion. I am anti, especially the, the LGBT, especially the T is what we're dealing with more and more every single day. And I'm starting to see more people. They're starting to speak about it. They're against it. As a black person, you feel forced. Sometimes you feel forced to go down a liberal path. And what I hate is that with every liberal movement, they try to attach themselves to the black struggle. Now, the black struggle is real. And this is where I believe that conservatives they they miss it. There is a, a black struggle that's out there that's not over. It's not dismissed. But liberals have to understand, and black liberals in particular, that it's better. Let's acknowledge that it's better. Most people, they're not willing to say it's better. They, they think that we are still living in Jim Crow. Uh, but that's not the case. It's better. It's not where it needs to be, but we're closer to being there. And when we can acknowledge that on both sides, on the left and the right, the left that um, it's not as bad as it used to be, but also on the right, it's not where it needs to be. Let's move forward. Let's actually push ourselves to get there. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I think that people on on one side or the other, they want to make a big deal out of the way they think it is. So on the conservative side, people are like, the opportunity is there. You know, we just have to provide the opportunity and nobody is held back. But I will tell you that when I was in college, I went to the University of Kentucky. So, you know, a little bit more Southern. And I was a, in several African-American studies classes. It was just my my interest. I was that was just what I decided I wanted to focus on in, in a certain part of my studies was I took one course and then I was like, man, there's a lot of history here that I've never learned. It's just not in it just doesn't happen in K through 12. And I want to open my world to this more. And so I had these two black girls on my floor that were my friends and I we would talk about different culture cultural differences and and I said to them you know I go into class and no one it's the whole cl- entire class is all black students I'm the only white student and no one wants to sit next to me I said why do you think that is and I'll never forget her looking at me and saying it's how I feel when I walk into every class and I was like it was just stabbed me right in the heart I'm like wow that really does still happen that, you know, if your friends aren't in there, you're not willing to go make that choice to sit there. And I felt it, you know, it was the first time I had felt that and I had to put myself in that situation to feel it. So I think that we tend to say, oh, it's not happening anymore because we don't feel it. It's just like, to be honest with you, the men who I see right now coming out and they're like so mad about this Barbie movie. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> Let me tell you, um, you haven't lived what it is to be a woman. You just haven't. And anybody who is like, oh, this is such a terrible movie. I'm like, you try to be a mom. You try to be a working mom. 
you can't, you, you are not unwilling to see. So how often do you feel like you check a box where people, this is how I feel like, oh my gosh, I value you so much because you check my box, but I don't respect you. I don't love you. I don't want to push you forward. I just love that. I feel like I can say, I have this person that checks my box. Do you ever feel like that? Yeah. And there's a lot of times, especially if I meet a conservative or a white conservative in particular, as soon as they find out that I don't have complete liberal views, they feel as if I've checked the box of being completely on their side. <laughs> on their, like, I, like we're together, we're, we're one because you don't like this issue and neither do I. When we look at the polls, we see that roughly 30% of people are Democrat, roughly 30% of people are Republican, but the 40% are in the middle. And it's hard to make that decision. It's hard to make that choice when, because I'm a black person, now I have to completely ride with anyone that says anything that's pro-black. But you, you mentioned something interesting that you went into an African-American studies class or a couple of classes and you learned a lot. Then I see the issue in Florida where that's trying to be removed out of the curriculum. But then I go even a step further. There's a portion of that within black history that they're putting in LGBT history as well, as if they're the same. And it's not, it's not fair. And I'm really hoping, hoping that we're able to come to a place where we can honestly just learn from each other. I believe oh, there, there are so many amazing stories in the history of this country. And really, I mean, to a certain extent, the African-American history of this country, it's our history. We all were a part of this history in some way. And so you see that these for good and for bad. Yes, exactly. You see that, I mean, to get where we are today, it took white and black people working together and it took people working against the bad people. And how do you identify now who were the bad people? But you do need to learn what happened. You do need to understand that there is this very ugly side. There were people that worked together. The Frederick Douglass, Douglass story is a pretty incredible story. And I never learned that in school from kindergarten through 12th grade, I never learned about the influence of Frederick Douglass in this country. Sorry, my great, great grandfather was friends with uh, Frederick Douglass. No way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he was a minister. Uh, he was a pastor or bishop in Haiti, but he was from America originally. And he actually, um, he had close ties with Frederick Douglass. Isn't that so neat? And that's the that is the cool part about being able to trace some of these stories back, because obviously the country was divided over something that was to us so obvious. How could the country be divided over slavery? To us, it was so obvious. And even today, when I hear people fighting about Juneteenth, it's interesting to me because I'm like, do you not understand the significance of this? Because we really don't even celebrate the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, which happened. And then years later, you end up finding they, they finally get to Texas and say, these people are free. And to me, that is such a gigantic celebration. And when I see people go after this, I'm like, you did not learn what this meant for our country, for everybody in this country. And like I said, when people go, that's African-American history, that is our history. 
that this happened in the United States of America, that we had a black man and a white president work together so hard to make sure that this was abolished. And it took years to actually finally get completely rid of this. And then you had a, you, you had a celebration. We should have a celebration every year. I'm actually, you're the first conservative that I've heard that is not anti-Juneteenth. And I really, I really admire that and I respect that of you. I've heard black conservatives denounce it completely. And to me, that's painful because it is an important part of history and it should be celebrated. Uh, and it should be celebrated in a way where everyone, and I don't want white people to continue to feel guilt about everything. We need to get to a place where there's actual healing. I remember when Joe Biden, and we can, that's, that's a, an entirely different topic to talk about, but when he became um, president on the night where, where he won and he gave his, his um, speech, when he gave his speech, he used words that provided so much hope for the country to have healing and to, and I'm not the biggest Joe Biden fan, but when I heard that, I actually, it resonated with me. Yes, it's time for us to have hope. But then from that point, I have not seen that hope come, into, um, come to pass. I have not seen the collaboration. I've not seen the connection between the right and the left come, come together. I've seen the country more divided than it's ever been. I think that is because, I mean... You can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but the more I see that influencers on both sides become a part of social media and they have bigger voices than in oftentimes politicians, they kind of drive the political narrative because you have people that are like, I'm not celebrating this fake holiday Juneteenth. And you you say to yourself, are you kidding me? Do you not do you not understand history? And then and then you're the person that's out there purporting, purporting that you understand history, saying that you totally get it, but then you say this, which seems as though you don't understand history at all. And then on the other side, you have the folks that exactly what you were saying, they come out and they say, look, queer has everything to do with African-American history, and we need to teach queerness with African-American history. And there's a group of people that are like, well, please don't take away from what we've done in our lives and what, what we've suffered through in this country and take away from the true history of it all. And so I think that we have ended up in a country that is divided because we have influencers who are unwilling, because I, I believe that the more clicks you get, the more radical you are, the more clicks you get. So the person who sits down with somebody and says, hey, let's see where we can compromise, where we can get together, like, that's not click worthy. It's the person who's out there like, this isn't real, Barbie sucks, screw Bud Light, you know, all of these things where you can become, oh, wow, everybody, that one, that was a viral moment. But is that the healthy moment for the country? What I've realized about viral, viral, oftentimes ends to be the extreme of a potential truth. And when I, I think of what is out there on YouTube, on podcasts, it's always the extreme. It's always somebody trying to um, get clickbait or to say something so outlandish that they can get their one million um, views or something along those lines. And I notice it even also in comedy. Um, comedy, I believe it does two different things. It takes the sacred thing. When you make fun of the sacred, you make it normal. You make it average. You make it beneath average. 
And when you make fun of something that is morally wrong, you actually elevate it. You take it up and it becomes something that people start seeing. No, we don't make fun of that anymore because because it's that the, the playing field has changed. I heard one comedian actually say this, that it's their goal to make sure that nothing remains sacred. And I think America is heading towards that direction if we don't go down mm. the right path. That's interesting. I mean, I, I think that the goal is to pull young people away from that higher power. We keep hearing across the country when we've talked to pollsters, interestingly enough, they say, well, when we talk to young people, this current generation says that they need to be for something. They don't actually care what it is. They want to be for something. And that's how they become activists and become involved in these, these things that are maybe, I mean, even this new following of Satan, you know, they just want to be these activists. And it used to be that everybody, well, most families were for something because there was faith in families, whatever that faith was, whether you were a Jewish or Muslim or Christian, that that was what you were for. And then you went out in life to make an impact. But now that we've seen more and more people getting away from faith and a lot of these social media posts are driving people away from faith, it seems as though it's easier to get that younger generation into activism. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons why uh, starting to get the 18 to 25 vote is going to be very important for both sides. Um, it's going to be important for the Republicans and also for the Democrats to try to get that vote because those are people, 18 or 25 year olds, they're looking for purpose. They're looking to be able to make their stamp in this world. And now is it the stamp that they're going to make, is it going to further the decline that we've gone in different ways? Or is it going to be something that takes us up to another level? And I'm really hoping that whoever is running for this next election is able to do that, is able to make the 25-year-old seem like their voice actually counts again. Who do you think, I mean, at this, obviously, it's very early on. We talk about the presidential election all the time. It's very yeah. early on. It seems like the, the election time frame is longer and longer every year. Pretty soon we'll be campaigning the day after we're inaugurated. <laughs> but but it does, it is the topic of conversation right now. So as you see this, obviously you're somebody that goes, can can vote either way. What is intriguing you and what is turning you off about these candidates? Ooh, um, when I think about our president, our current president, and I see a lot of the mistakes that he's made. I come from Haitian descent, and his press secretary, she's of Haitian descent, and I feel sorry for her every single time she has to speak because she has to defend a lot of things that I wish she wouldn't have to defend. Mm -hmm. um, but when I look at Biden, what I see is someone who is not able to, to continue to function. If Biden today were to turn all of his beliefs and fit directly with what I believe, I still couldn't vote for him because I don't think that he can actually perform the task anymore. Because you think that because of his age or, I mean, he seems to be, obviously people this age can be in different you know, states, but he does seem to be in mental decline. Is that something that you've noticed as well? It's the mental decline that I'm concerned about. Yeah. It's, um, and it's probably due to the age, but the mental decline is serious. When you see mm -hmm. someone who 
shakes hands with thin air and someone who's calling out um, a dead person who's not in a crowd thinking that they're there. It's very challenging to say that that person is fit. And this is what this is what hurts me about the Democratic Party is that they have not found somebody to replace that person. They have not found a way to for him to gracefully bow down and ha- have someone else to take on the torch. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think this is what we call, I mean, this is what you hear people talking about when you hear people talking about the swamp, because it's like those those people that are not elected, they have no term limit. It's the people that work in the White House, that work in Washington, D.C. They are all, this is their job, right? So this is the establishment that comes out and says, this is our candidate because we're with him. We're going to stick with him. And, and this is on both sides. This is not something that is unique to Joe Biden. This is how we end up with, congressmen and women who are in there for way too long all 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 of these people that have been staying in 
government offices for what we think is longer than probably their mental capacity should be there, I believe is the people around them that create this world. And I do think that you have, you make a really good point. Why aren't they coming? Why isn't somebody coming forward and saying, this is the person? I mean, you've clearly got Gavin Newsom out there saying, I'm willing to step in. You've got Gretchen Whitmer saying, I'm willing to step in. There are certainly other Democrats who would love to jump in. So it does seem like, why is this not happening? But I suspect it is the people behind the scenes that are really running things. He's like, you know, the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. Then when you go to the other side and we, we have Trump on the other side and he, he's a caricature of himself oftentimes and he did not bring the country together. Mm. He has a lot of claims. Some of the claims are true. Other claims I would find not to be true. But he did not bring the country together. And that reason, the person that I'm leaning towards now is somebody who only has 7% of, 7 to 8% of the votes is Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm -hmm. And I look at him as somebody who is honest. I look at him as someone who, it's like you take what I believe is the good in Trump, you take that and you add kindness to it. Um, and that's why, and that's one of the first things that you and I, we spoke about at the restaurant is that that's an individual that I can see myself behind, which is interesting because he's not a Christian. Um, and I'm 100% Christian. And I, I believe that through and through, but I see, and this is the main concern for me, is he going to stop Christianity from advancing? And I can see other um, I can see with, with Republicans, Christianity could be misconceived. Um, um, mm. like people don't see it exactly what it is. And then with Democrats, it tries to be suppressed. But I'll also add this, um, and this, this is for all conservatives who are Christian. It's our job. It's our obligation. It's our biblical mandate to pray for our president, not only to judge, not only to ridicule, but to actually pray for him. Um, there's a, a time where Peter in the Bible during the time of Nero, which was somebody who would make Hitler look like a saint, he said, honor the king. And we live in, in a democracy and we vote people in as opposed to a king being placed. But I do believe it's still our obligation. I believe it's my obligation to pray for my mayor, to pray for my governor, to pray for my president. And not to say Trump is my president. That's not a Christian thing to do. That's not a godly thing to do. When Trump is messing up, we say, let's pray for him. When Bush is messing up, we say, let's pray for him. But when Biden or when Obama, when they're messing up, it's time to ridicule. I think Christians, we need to take take it up a notch. That's interesting. I mean, it's true. When when I was in the campaign, there were nights when we were saying our prayers and we would say prayers for Gretchen Whitmer and my girls. I remember one night, my twins, they were like, why would you pray for her? And it was one of those teachable moments. They said, you know, this is what we're called to do. We're called to pray for our leaders. Right now, she is the governor of the state and we pray for our leaders. And I think that's important. You know, when I was growing up, no matter who was president, there was this honor that that position held, that you were to respect that position. And I think that, again, when you say this country seems very divided right now, that just innate honor and respect has fallen to the wayside. And, and you know, obviously a lot of people are very concerned about 
what is happening in the White House right now for the reasons you mentioned. But there's also question of, wait a minute, what actually transpired when this man was vice president? Could there have been other things happening? Regardless of those things, it is the position that we say, this is our president. This is the president of the United States. They have a lot on their shoulders. And we as a community lift that person in prayer, no matter what. Yeah, and that's what I do. When I pray for the president, I pray for him. I pray for his wife. I pray for his cabinet. I pray for the people who are whispering in his ear all day long. Those are the people that they need to be guided by God just as much as he does. But if we're only going to throw stones at him, uh, we're not going to go anywhere. And no matter who we want to be in office, no matter who we want to be elected, it's not going to be okay if we're throwing stones now. And one of the biggest things that I heard a minister say during the 2020 election, it says, no matter who wins, America loses because we're going to be more divided. Mm-hmm. And in the last three years, that's exactly what it's been. It'll be interesting, though, to see because you are talking about Vivek. Other people have been talking about Vivek in a different way. He is very, I think. What you said struck me because you said he just comes off very honest. And I think that you say that because politicians are so guarded and he has not been guarded. He has been very open with like, this is what I've seen. This is as a an Indian American. This is what I've seen as a businessman. This is what I've seen. And when people try to crush what he said, he's also incredibly intelligent. So he comes back and he says, well, this is where I'm coming from, just so you know. Whereas most politicians shut down, they have talking points, they're very robotic about things because you have to be careful. You're always careful of who not to offend. And yet somehow he has come out into this and folks like yourself are like, I like this guy. I actually like the idea of someone who's not trying to play me in some way. Yeah, no, and I, like you said, he's, he comes across very honest. He looks like he's responsible financially. Looks like he could be trusted. There are some question marks that I have about him, but it's still early in the campaign trail. And I think that things will, will find their way to exactly where they need to be. But if I'm left with Trump and Biden as the main candidates to go for, I completely think that I'm going to find someone that will get a thousand votes or 5,000 votes at most, but somebody who lines up with my beliefs as well. Well, interesting. That is very interesting. Well, I really feel like we have to have you come back when it gets closer to the election. I know I hear what you're saying about Vivek and and you're learning there are some things that may be red flags. I think that's the the interesting part about this is that we have to remember this is not a God. You're not voting for a God. This is not someone that comes down and is given to you by God. You're voting for a person. And so I thought I find that fascinating because you know there are things that aren't perfect, but you're still willing to listen and stay there and say, okay, I'll hear you out. And that's where as Americans, we need to start saying there is no perfect answer because we are not perfect. We're fallen. And so there is not a perfect answer. We have to look for the best and then continue to live the way we are called to live as Christians, or, you know, if you're not a Christian, then you live the way you are called to by your faith. I mean, for us, it is the Lord that leads us and the Lord is never going to be crowned as King here on the ground in the white house. That's not how that's going to work. 
Yeah, and I think that that's, that's a false expectation that we have is that we're going to make America literally God's country when countries have tried to do that before and they do it with blood and they with blood being shed. And that was never Jesus's way. It was mm-hmm. Jesus's way so much to the point where he could have got himself out the cross, but he chose not to. He chose to stop Peter who had a sword. And he also chose to, um, to, to choose not to call 10,000 angels to come and rescue him, but he went through it. I think that America will be in great hands with when Christians start to sincerely pray, not for a Republican Party to, to be the dominant party, but when Christians sincerely play, um, pray that God be inside of every single mm. office that is out there. I'm so glad that I met you. I mean, this has been fascinating. It's so nice to hear from you. And I think it's really nice for people to hear this perspective that is not, you're not, I'm this, I'm that. It's, it's just very, it's been a great conversation. James Hawley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much. It's my absolute pleasure. If I could just say one last thing. Yeah. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, let's have conversations together. And let's not beat each other up, but rather let's try to lift each other up. And hopefully we can learn something from each other because there's a lot of things that Democrats have to teach Republicans. And there's a lot of things Republicans have to teach Democrats as well. I could not agree more. Thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast. As always. For this episode and others, you go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have a blessed day. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.